It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. They have a really good show. They're in the know. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Well, thank you, George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost, for that jingle. And we'll have where George will be. We'll have that announcement. He's coming around the corner somewhere in central Florida and a brand new guest, too. Right next to me right now is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! 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 Hi. Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. And the hero of this story is Kimmy. It is episode 1124. It is a throwback Thursday episode of the Riley and Kimmy show. How are you, Kimmy? Well, how are you? Well, I am doing quite well. Thank you for asking. And how are you? I'm still doing well. well I was just making sure. I didn't know if that was, well, how are oh, you doing? Or was that, I'm doing I'm, well. See, I wasn't quite certain. I'm there. doing quite well. Well, that's good that you're doing quite well. We're glad to hear that on this episode. Thank you very much. Um, we spoke about George Lowe just a few seconds ago, and George will be appearing at the Orlando Toy and Comic Con coming up on January 29th. That is a Sunday and an added guest. I mean, this is the last guest. This is a last-minute last guest, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm quite excited to... Uh, well, we actually announced it on our Facebook page. We uh, were given the information once it was confirmed, and we, we, we launched this information. We revealed it on our Facebook site and other social media. And that is actor Butch Patrick, known for playing Eddie Munster on The Munsters, and Mark on Lidsville will be appearing at the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con coming up on Sunday, January 29th. Awesome. That is so cool. Yes, it is great. I mean, Butch is one of the nicest human beings you could ever meet. Uh, And and one of the nice things about Butch is he he is willing and and seems, you know, he he confided to me he does not mind talking about the monsters. Well, that is nice. I mean, because I know that... You know, some some people kind of start to, you know, end up resenting. Something that they're known for. Yeah, something uh, that, you know. And he's not that way at all. Yeah. No. That's, not, that's great. And you'll be able to meet him. He'll be bringing some special uh, Munsters things with him as well. And if you know anybody, maybe not yourself, maybe you know somebody who loves the Munsters, or maybe they're familiar with the Lidsville or other things he he was on. By the way, you know, he is one of the only people that Mr. Ed talked to on the TV show. Really? Outside of Wilbur, Butch Patrick played a character that Mr. Ed talked to. I one didn't of, know that. Yes, one of the few. One of the few. Well. And there's so many things you can find out or talk about or relive with Butch. By the way, he has a fantastic website. It's available. It's called Munsters.com. How cool is that? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Munsters.com for all your Butch Patrick 
and Munster's oh, needs. I like that. Yeah, and so, and so do I. And he'll talk about those things. And by the way, we have uh, some interviews available that the Riley and Kimmy show has with Butch. Uh, we have an audio interview that's available. You can find that right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And we have a video interview where somebody actually kind of, well, crashes it, comes and becomes part of it. And that is George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun. Uh, you can check out that video. Now I'll give you an idea what you can expect at the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. Tell your friends about this. Maybe they've never been to a comic book convention. And this would be the first uh, opportunity for them to go to one. Maybe maybe it would be. And, and, and it would be something that would be quite different. I guarantee that. You don't want to overwhelm somebody with a big three-day show if they've never been to one before. Mm-hmm. And this one's going to be full of comic book celebrities. You can find the entire list. I'll just name a couple here. Billy Tushy will be there. Chad Thomas. Also, Rob Gilry. Tyler Kirkham will be there as well. That's just some of them. There's more. You can find them at the Orlando Toy and Comic Con.com. More information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, already an outstanding uh, lineup. And then you add Butch Patrick to it. Wow. With a space ghost running crazy. Oh, my gosh. And we have to mention one more, Kimmy, and that is a superhero who will be there. That is Tug, the Bull Terrier puppy, will be there as well. That is just, that's going to be so much fun. In honor of Tug, it will be possum. Yes, possum. Yes, it yes. will be a possum kind of day. Yeah. And you can find out more at the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con.com. By the way, uh, there will be an entire vendor area with a lot of collectibles. Uh, there's something there for everyone, and it's family-friendly. Find out more at the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con's website. That's orlandotoyandcomiccon.com. By the way, pre-party will be happening. There is a pre-party that's happening. We hope you can join us. That's in Sanford, and that is at Comic Central. That is on Saturday, January 28th, starting at 1130 until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 1130 in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. George Lowe will be there. Tug the Bull Terrier puppy. Also, Chad Thomas there. Yes, and uh, some other fun that will be going on. There will be chances to win with the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con. They'll have a prize wheel. Who knows what you could walk away with. One thing you will be walking away with is positive fun memories at this great comic book store, which is in Sanford, Florida. That's right. And these famous people, these are famous people. And they are very approachable and fun. That's right. So please tell all your friends in Central Florida to come out to Comic Central on Saturday, January 28th. Come out, come out, wherever you are. And on Sunday, January 29th to the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. Kimmy, it is a Thursday, January 19th. Are you willing, are you able to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? I will try my best. And we're about to ask Kimmy some questions. She gets more of these right than wrong. She becomes a winner of Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. Feel free to shout out questions or actually answers to Kimmy. We believe in time travel answers. That's right. I think there's a wormhole that goes from wherever you're listening. Maybe you're listening on that uh, that uh, you know smartphone or laptop or tablet or maybe that old desktop. However you're doing it, we think there's a time vortex going on. Mm-hmm. So shout out those answers to Kimmy. Help her out with Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia on this Thursday, January 19th. And the timeline, by the way, is 
Well, it's out of whack. It's all jumbled up. It's a mess. Not chronological in any way, shape, or form. That's right, not linear. It might be some, but it, it there's going to be pockets where it's not. Okay, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Starting off here, it was on this date, Kimmy, this TV show appeared for the very first time. Tell me the name of this iconic TV show, and then tell me the year. We will give you a two-year buffer of when this TV show made its debut. Here is your audio clue. something wrong with you if you miss this one we hope you don't tell me the name of that tv show that made its debut its very first episode on this date in history the dick van dyke show oh very good now the next question what year two year plus or minus did that first episode air or actually filmed i need to state filmed it was first filmed on this date 1961 okay who out there is shouting out those answers to her that's that is unreal. You got that exactly right. You're kidding. I uh, you got that exactly right, Kimmy. How did some somebody's helping you there? I know because it clearly came up in my little brain. It's not a little brain, Kimmy. You have a big brain. It's <laughs> one of the things I like about you. You have a big brain. <laughs> All right. It was on this date in history. This board game debuts on the market kimmy tell me the year we give you a five-year buffer of when this board game made its debut think about it here here's a commercial i tell you this much when this commercial aired the game had long been established Mm, you're not so smooth my beauty i'd rather be playing scrabble i'd rather be playing scrabble stay home and play scrabble Leave home with Travel Scrabble or give Deluxe Scrabble Grand Crossword Game a spin. You'll find out why all America is saying, I'd rather be playing Scrabble. Scrabble Grand Word Games from Celsius and Ryder. All right, Kimmy, when did the first Scrabble game make its debut on the market? Oh. Five-year buffer. Boy. Yes. When did Scrabble come to be? I have no idea i'm Uh-oh. just gonna shout it out come on give her an answer i'm just gonna say 1964 kimmy you are off do you want to go further back or further forward further back what year 1954 kimmy 1954 with a five-year buffer you get it it's 1955 scrabble makes its debut all right congratulations sort of there <laughs> you saved yourself on this day, Kimmy, the first film review appears in Variety magazine. It stinks. Give me the year within 20 years that the first film review appears in Variety magazine. Variety's a big trade magazine, you know, for the industry, the film industry and entertainment industry. Tell me the year. Hmm. Um, How many years do we give you as a buffer? 20. Okay. 
Uh, and what what film did you say? I didn't say what film they reviewed. I said the very first film review happened. Actually, film reviews happened. More than one appeared in Variety magazine on this date in history. We 1965. 1965. Interesting, but completely wrong by a long shot. 1907, the first film reviews appeared in Variety magazine, Kimmy. Uh-huh. Okay. So on this date, the neon tube sign is patented by George Claude in Paris, France. Give me the year within 20 years that the neon tube sign comes to be, and you would see it everywhere in advertising after this, or you know, a short period of time afterwards. 1908. Hmm. 1915. Okay. So Kimmy walks away with a plus on that one. So on this date, 1883, the first electric lighting system using overhead wires is built by Thomas Edison and begins service in New Jersey. It's kind of, uh, kind of hard to imagine that in the 1880s. Hmm. When you think about that, those wires. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you you wouldn't want uh, you know I obviously didn't string those wires. No. Because you know how I am. Wouldn't want that. You know how I am with wires. Mm-hmm. It somehow becomes spaghetti. I I have no idea. It was on this date, 1937. Howard Hughes set a transcontinental air record. He flew from Los Angeles to New York City in seven hours, 28 minutes, and 25 seconds. Kimmy. Hmm. It was on this date. Give me the year. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Give me the year the salary of the United States president was increased from $75,000 to $100,000. And an additional $50,000 expenses were added as an allowance to each year in office. Give me the year. We will give you a 20-year buffer that this could have happened or actually did happen. When did that salary increase happen? Um, I'd say 1970. Ooh, you you missed it by one. Yeah? By one, Kimmy. You totally missed it by one not getting it with 20 because you were 21 years off. Oh. Yes. It was 1949 that that happened. Wow. 1949. It was on this date, 1953, 68% of all TV sets in the United States were tuned to CBS television, Kimmy, mm-hmm. as, are you ready? Yeah. The year? Did you hear the year? 1953, 68% of all television sets in the United States were tuned to CBS TV to see this fictional character give birth to a baby boy, can you tell me the name of the TV show that happened on and the actress was actually or had given birth to a baby boy? I love Lucy. Lucy, I love Lucy. Yes, that's right. 1953, that happened. It was quite actually uh, out there at the time period, dealing with the pregnancy thing. Mm. You know, that was really 
really cutting edge. Groundbreaking. Yes, it, it okay. really was. 1955, Kimmy, United States president at the time, allows a filmed news conference to be used on television and in movie newsreels for the very first time. What president in 1955 allowed a filmed news conference? Eisenhower? That is correct. 1957, Johnny Cash made his television debut, network that is, on CBS's The Jackie Gleason Show. 1957, Pat Boone sang at Dwight Eisenhower's presidential inauguration ball. It was 1957, Philadelphia comedian Ernie Kovacs did a half-hour TV show without saying a single word of dialogue. Hmm. None. Zero. I bet that was fun. It was on this date in 1967. Leslie Gore appeared on ABC's Batman as Catwoman's sidekick, Pussycat. It was on this date in 1971. Pay attention. At the Charles Manson murder trial, a certain rock group, pop group's music, a certain song, was played. Now, at the scene of one of the gruesome murders, the words from that or of that song were written on a mirror. Can you tell me the name of the group and tell me the name of the song? The Beatles. And the name of the song. Helter Skelter. That is correct. 1976, the Beatles, by the way, turned down an offer of $30 million to play together on the same stage. The offer was made by rock promoter Bill Sargent. $30 million, 1976. Mm. They said no. 1977, Charlie Daniels and the Marshall Tucker Band played for Jimmy Carter's inauguration. 1977, this recording artist sang at a special inaugural concert for President-elect Jimmy Carter. Tell me who this icon is. Are you ready for your clue? Mm-hmm. America. Land that I love. Who owns that powerful voice, Kimmy? Aretha. That is correct. Aretha Franklin, 1977. 1981, Styx releases the album Paradise Theater. Do you have any Styx in your vinyl collection? I might. Ooh, Mr. Roboto? No. Ooh, I like Mr. Roboto. Renegade? I don't know. What was the album with Babe? That I might have that one. Okay, 1983, the Apple Lisa, the first commercial personal computer from Apple Incorporated. It was the first one to have a graphical user interface and a computer mouse is announced. That's 1983. 1985, this song is peaking. Matter of fact, it peaks at a certain position. Does it hit number one or not, Kimmy? Tell me the name of the song and tell me the recording artist and tell me the highest position it hit on Billboard's Hot 100. Did it hit number one? And if it did not, what number did it hit? Here is your clue. What is the name of that song? Born in the USA. That's correct. 1985, Born in the USA by... Bruce Springsteen. Did it hit number one? It peaked at something. Yes. No. 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 Not a number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. What was the highest it went? Two. No. 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 Ten. 
No, but close. Number nine is what it peaked at. That is okay. 1985 Billboard's Hot 100. Remember, you can break down the thing into different categories. But on the Hot 100, no, not number one. It was on this date, 1993. Fleetwood Mac reunited to perform at Who's inauguration? What president's inauguration? 1993. Bill Clinton. That is correct. 1996, United States First Lady Hillary Clinton was subpoenaed to appear before a federal grand jury. The investigation was concerning the discovery of billing records related to Whitewater Real Estate Investment Venture. It was 2006. NASA's New Horizons spacecraft was launched. The mission was the first to investigate Pluto. 2013 in Scottsdale, Arizona. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. You're ready to move out. The original Batmobile for the TV series Batman sold at an auction for $4.6 million. Now, it was one of... A few Batmobiles that were produced for the 1960s TV series. The question for you, Kimmy, is how many Batmobiles were made for the Batman TV series of the 1960s? Three? Six mm. is how many were made. Some They had ones designed just for close-up. They, oh. they had touring ones for touring. Okay. And, yeah. Remember, you heard Adam West talk about that, too, at one time. Remember that? Uh-huh. Okay. Moving over to celebrity and notable birthdays, James Watt, born on this date, 1736 in Scotland, inventor of the steam engine. He developed the concept of horsepower, Kimmy. The term was adapted in the late 18th century by James Watt to compare the output of steam engines with the power of draft horses. It was later expanded to include the output power of other types of piston engines as well as electric motors and other machinery and other engines. You thought I was crazy one time when I told you that. Mm-hmm. So when you have a three and a half horsepower lawnmower, three and a half horses, mm. that's what it means. Wasn't kidding there. So on this date, Kimmy, this individual was born 1809, dies at a relatively young age. That'll be one of your questions once you identify who it is. How old was he when he passed? He is generally considered the inventor of the detective fiction genre and also credited with the emerging genre of science fiction, some of his writings that he is known for, born in 1809, keep that in mind, The Black Cat, The Murders in the Rue Morgue, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Tell-Tale Heart, Annabelle Lee, A Dream Within a Dream, Lenore and the Raven, who is the mystery birthday person? Edgar Allan Poe. That is correct. Now, how old was Edgar Allan Poe when he died? 30? Yeah, you're you're he was actually older. He was 40 when he passed away. Okay. By the way, 1836 some trivia on Edgar Allan Poe. At 26 he marries his 13-year-old cousin Virginia Clem. In 1849, October 3rd, 1849, Edgar Allan Poe is found delirious in a gutter in Baltimore, Maryland. Now this is under mysterious circumstances. He wasn't even wearing his own clothes. Oh. He was wearing somebody else's clothes. Okay. That was the last time he was seen in public before his death. He dies four days later, October 7th, 1849. The cause of death is unknown. There have been various guesses what it might have been, what it caused his death. Some say alcohol abuse, brain congestion, 
cholera, drugs, heart disease, rabies, suicide, TB, and other ailments. Unknown. Narrowed down pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it's unknown. Yeah. Oh, okay. you know, let's just leave it at that. His, his death certificate uh, did not survive the course of time. Hmm. That is Edgar Allan Poe, born on this date in history. And one of our very good friends loves Edgar Allan Poe, a student of Edgar Allan Poe. And that is John Diadana Phantasmagoria Orlando. And John is part of a steampunk Victorian horror troupe. And if you are in the Orlando area, please check out Phantasmagoria Orlando. John Diadana and Phantasmagoria will be performing at a steampunk show, a steampunk industrial show, that's happening at Renegers in Mount Dora, Florida, on Saturday, January 28th, and Sunday, January 29th. Moving back to the Almanac, born on this date in history, Guy Madison, 1922, died 1996 at the age of 74, an American film and television actor. You would recognize him. The name probably doesn't stand out to you, I, I have a feeling. Right, Kimmy? Right. This person, born on this date in history, Kimmy, tell me who it is and tell me how old they were when they passed on. Now, they're known for a certain television role. They did a lot of, a lot of character acting roles, a lot of stage work, but are known for one big role on television for a long period of time. Here is, well, it's an actress. Here she is singing the theme song with somebody. Tell me who she is. Here's your clue. All right, all right. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like me, we had it made. Okay, Kimmy, who is the actress? Jean Stapleton. That is exactly right. Tell me the name of the character she played. Edith Bunker. That's right. On what TV show? All in the Family. Yeah, that's exactly right. And she was on Archie's Place when, it, you know, the spinoff, but she said, I don't want to be part of this anymore after the first season, so they killed her off. Mm -hmm. she, she goes, I am just tired of the character. Now, how old was she when she passed away, Kimmy? 93. You're very close. She was 90 when she passed away in 2013. Moving back to the Almanac, birthday today for actress Tippi Hedren. Do you know who that is? I kind of do, Ooh. I think. You kinda, well, that name stands out, right? Mm -hmm. Tippi. Yes. You know, Tippi Hedren. She is 87 today. She was a successful fashion model from her 20s, and she appeared on the front covers of Life and Glamour magazines, and many others, but she became an actress after she was discovered by Alfred Hitchcock. And that was when she was appearing in a television commercial in 1961. Now, she received world recognition for her work in two of his films, The Birds in 1963 and Marnie in 1964, and she has appeared in over 80 films and TV shows. Have you ever seen either The Birds or Marnie? No. You never saw The Birds? Hitchcock's no. the birds. They, I would have thought when you were real little, like crawling on the floor playing, that they ran out a lot maybe on TV. Maybe even WGN ran it from time to time. But you never saw the birds. I, I've seen clips. I don't it, think I've sat and watched the whole movie. It is not one of my favorite Hitchcock films at mm -hmm. all. I love Hitchcock. Don't get me wrong. I love Hitch. Uh, the birds I, I don't care for. Mm -hmm. Actually, anything after Psycho is for me. Pre-Psycho, I love, you know, things. And Psycho itself. After that, 
I kind of, you know, skip them. Mm. But where I grew up, out in the middle of the prairie, for some reason, they ran the birds a lot, it seemed like. Hmm. Late, late, you know, way way back when they had the late, 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 late show. Those uh-huh. kind of things, you know, uh-huh. late show, and then they, the TV would shut off for an hour and then come back on. <laughs> it was late. Made no sense. Okay, moving over to another birthday today. This person, born on this date in history, died in 2014, born in 1939. Rock performer in the early days of rock and roll. Tell me the name of the group he was part of. I will give you this much of a clue. It was a, a duo, and they were related. Okay, here is your audio clue. Their number one hit, Kimmy, from 1957. Kimmy's looking at me like Nipper, the RCA dog. She's got her head tilted a little bit. <laughs> Tell me who that group is right there, that duo. I don't know. You don't know. Not even a guess. Not even a try. You can't even come up with anybody from 1950s. They they added hit or two into the 60s, sort of. Not that big, though. Mm-mm. Their big hits were, was that one right there, Wake Up Little Susie from 1957. That was number one. Number two was Bye Bye Love and All I Have to Do is Dream, 1958, number one, and Bird Dog from 1958, number two. Can you tell me who it is? Mm-mm. It's the Everly Brothers. Mm. Phil Everly of the Everly Brothers having a birthday today. Moving over to a, well, we're, matter of fact, we're going to stay right in the music section. See if you can identify who this performer is, an American singer. She died of an accidental overdose, Kimmy, in 1970 at the age of 27. Tell me who this is. Good enough for me and my Bobby Who is that? Janis Joplin. Do you have no. any? You don't? No. Nope. No? Nope. Zero? Nope. How many albums did she have released originally? Hmm. Three? Four. Actually, the fourth album, Pearl, was released a little more than three months after her death. It reached number one on the charts, and that was number one from 1971, Me and Bobby McGee. Okay. Moving to the acting section of the trivia part of the Almanac, Shelley Fabre having a birthday today. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. You do? Kind of. You, kind of. Well, I don't know if that's fair to ask you how old she is today if you only kind of know who she is. 90? Oh, boy. She was on Donna Reed's show. Remember the Donna Reed uh, show? Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. That aired from 1958 to 1963. She played her daughter, Mary Stone. And then she was on that uh, TV show a number of years later as Hayden Fox's love interest and eventual wife. She played Christine on the sitcom Coach from 1989 to 1997. And by the way, she was Elvis Presley's co-star in three films. And in 1962, she had a recording of Johnny Angel, which reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. She is 73 today, Kimmy. Oops. Staying in the music section, this next birthday person, an American singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. She has had 25 songs reach number one on Billboard Country Music Charts, a record for 
a female artist. She's had 41 career top 10 country albums, a record for any artist, and she has 110 career charted singles. That's over the past 40 years. Here is your audio clue, Kimmy. Tell me who this recording artist is. The original version of that song written by this recording artist, and it was a hit. Tell me who the recording artist is. Dolly Parton. That's right. Dolly Parton having a birthday today. How old is she within five years? Um, 69. She is 71 today, Kimmy. And that song, I Will Always Love You, attained commercial success twice, mm-hmm. reaching number one on the Billboard Hot Country Charts First time, 1974, and again in October 1982 by Dolly. She did the recording again. She re-recorded it, and Parton became the first artist ever to earn a number one record twice with the same song. Next question for you is, somebody made it a hit. They covered it in 1992. Tell me who had that as a hit themselves. Whitney Houston. For what movie? The Bodyguard. Well, you got it right, Kimmy. And... I doubt you'll be able to tell me this one. Who was that song originally recorded for? Written for? Do you know? Um, Dolly wrote it for somebody. Dolly Parton's husband? Nope. It was for Porter Wagner, her performing partner, that she did a lot of television and stage work with. She recorded that when she decided to go solo and actually wrote it and recorded it in tri- uh, tribute or honor to him. Hmm. See what you learned with the Riley and Kimmy show? Mm-hmm. This person... Born on this date in history, Kimmy died at the age of 54. Tell me who this is, and then give me the year that they passed away. Who is that? His other hit was simply irresistible in 1988. That one was addicted to love. Kimmy looked exactly like one of the models when I met her from his videos. I swore I I was watching one of his videos when I saw you. Yeah. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Tell me who he is. He was dressed real neat, you know, tie and the whole thing. Yeah, Mr. Swan. Um, Who who was he? Name is escaping me. He was part of the power station, Kimmy. I know. Yes. I know. You have forgotten him? I can see him. Who is he? I know his name. Shout it out. Come on, shout it out to Kimmy. I can't hear you. Uh, nobody's, Nobody's getting to you, Kimmy. It's Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer passed away at the age of 54. Within five years, what year did he pass? Um, 2008. You got it within five. 2003, we lost Robert Palmer. Next person having a birthday. Lead singer of a group. Eventually, her name would become in front of the group. But originally, it was just the group's name. I want both her name and the group. And tell me how old she is within five. Here is one of her hits, and we have a question about it, too. Identify who this is. Who is that, Kimmy? Well, it's the Motels. With lead singer, who's having the birthday. It eventually become blank 
and the motels. I don't know. Here's the other hit. Can you tell me the name of that lead singer? We gave you a little bit of buffer there. No. It's Martha Davis and the Motels. Did either one of those songs make it to number one? Yes. No. Oh. Not on the Hot 100, Billboard Hot 100. Only the Lonely, number nine in 1981. And suddenly, last summer from 1983, hit number nine on Billboard's Hot 100 charts. And how old is Martha Davis of the Motels today within five years? Uh, 55. She is 66 today. Moving over to another part of the almanac. Dewey Bunnell having a birthday, age 65, British-American musician, singer, guitarist, and songwriter, best known as a member of America. You know the band America? Mm-hmm. You know, you can do magic. Yeah. Remember that one? Do you have yeah. any of their vinyl? I don't think so. All right, we'll see if Kimmy was paying attention to the earlier part of this almanac. He's having a birthday today, Kimmy. He is Lucille Ball's son. He was born on this date in history. Yes, and the fictional version of her child was born, too, on this date. Tell me his name. Desi Arnaz Jr.? That's correct. And how old is Desi Arnaz Jr.? Now, if you paid attention, you would know because we said when that happened. So we're now testing you now, Kimmy. Tell me how old Desi is within five years. Um, 65. She got it within five. 64 is how old he is. Now, to give you an idea just how much interest was going on during his birth, he appeared, that's Desi Arnaz Jr., as a baby, on the cover of the very first issue of TV Guide with the title that read, Lucy's $50 million baby. Now, the reason he was given the title, that title, was because revenue from certain tie-in commitments were expected to top that mark. Mm. And by the way, wow. in 1968, he and his sister played opposite of their mother in the TV series called Here's Lucy as her children. And in 1970, Arnaz appeared on the Brady Bunch episode, The Possible Dream. Now, do you remember when he was on the Brady Bunch? Mm-mm. Was that one of Marsha's crushes? I know she had, uh, what's his oh, name from the monkeys? Probably. What, did, was yeah. it a, did she take him to the prom? I don't know. Well, there's one of who it, it it was the monkey guy she was going to take to the prom, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Because I think I remember going, it's Dizzy or Diz Jr. or something like that. You might be able to find that answer by checking out MeTV. They mm-hmm. run the Brady Bunch, I think, every morning, don't they? I we, think so. I'm, I'm not positive. This person having a birthday today, Kimmy, tell me something she is known for. Matter of fact, the big thing she is known for on television, I'll give you her name And you tell me the character in the TV show she's known for. How's that? Mm -hmm. All right. Here is her name, Katie Seagal, having a birthday today. Married with children. I feel a wine coming on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel it coming. Wow, is that recorded here? No, no, it wasn't. And Kimmy, tell me the name of the character she played. I do not need. All right. All right, tell me the name of her character. First name. Peggy. That's right, Peggy Bundy on Married with Children. 
And she was also the voice of the character Leela on the animated series Future Rama. Moving over to another section of the Almanac for today. I see dead people. It is notable deaths today. 1996 saw the passing of Bernard Bailey. He dies at the age of 79. He was an American comic book artist best known as co-creator of some DC Comics characters. One is in question that he may have not really had much to do with. The one that is known that he did do with somebody is Our Man. He created that with Ken Fitch in Adventure Comics number 48, April 1940. The one that's in question is The Spectre. I am vengeance. I am the Spectre. This is impossible! In the land beyond the living, all things are possible. Can't wait till they make the Spectre into a live motion picture or television. Mm. I want motion picture, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, Or I'd like to see him like on Netflix, even though DC's not doing Netflix, because he he's bad. I mean, you know, he... Yeah. Anyhow, the Spectre was credited to Jerry Siegel, the creator of co-creator of Superman. Most sources list him as the 100% creator. Some list Bernard Bailey as co-creator, but others state that he was just an artist that was assigned to the project. Hmm. So it's questionable there, but he passed away in 1996. There's no question that he did so much in the golden age of comicdom. And one more, Kimmy, that we have on this date, 2013. Stan Musial dies at the age of 92. Tell me what Stan the man is known for. Baseball. Can you tell me what team he spent 22 seasons playing for? The Yankees? No. No. One more more guess. Cardinals? Mm, Very good. St. Louis Cardinals he played for in 1941 to 1944 and 1946. To 1963, widely considered to be one of the greatest and most consistent hitters in baseball history. Congratulations there, Kimmy. Well, thank you very much. I think you did um, quite well. I did okay. I think you did quite well. Mm. I think you heard some shouting. I I think it went through the time tunnel for you. Yep. Forgot Robert Palmer, though. I got the first name, though. So part of it came through. Okay. Now, my question for you is, do you still have the dress? That the, you know, the addicted to love dress that was in the video thing. Mm-hmm. You still have that? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can wear that one of the upcoming Riley and Kimmy show appearances. What mm-hmm. do you say? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to pull your hair back like you had it in the lipstick thing and all that? Mm, we'll see. Well, we'll see. That probably means no. Well, Kimmy, what we're going to do right now is honor something from the Almanac and also dedicate it to a well, good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show. And that's the Riley and Kimmy show. Anytime we have an excuse to go back in time, we take that with a golden age of radio and we we go back in time with this ear candy. And we definitely have a couple of examples of the theater of the mind. We have two episodes uninterrupted that we are dedicating to good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show. That is John Diadonna of Phantasmagoria Orlando. And the reason is we're going to focus on someone having a birthday today, and that is Edgar Allan Poe. And John is one of the biggest fans of Edgar Allan Poe I know, correct? Yes. And yes. Phantasmagoria performs Edgar Allan Poe material. And if you ever get a chance, and shame on you if you haven't seen them already, but the next chance you get, you should see them. They are awesome. That's right. And they will be performing in Florida at Renegers in Mount Dora, Florida for the Steampunk Days that's going on. That is 
January 28th and 29th, a Saturday and Sunday. Right now, we have something from the golden age of radio, two somethings. First Edgar Allan Poe thing is Pit in the Pendulum, starring Raymond Burr, 1959. And this is really cool because this is at the time period. He is playing a certain lawyer, Kimmy, on television. Can you tell me the name of the lawyer? Perry Mason. That's right. He is a household name at this time. And he's on the golden age of radio with Pit in the Pendulum. And the next is an Edgar Allan Poe story being done for the Golden Age of Radio, and it's the Tell Tale Heart. These are uninterrupted, going back in time. Here's Edgar Allan Poe, Pit in the Pendulum, kicking off the set on The Riley and Kimmy Show. My senses were leaving me. The sound of the inquisitorial voices seemed merged in one dreamy, indeterminate hum from which emerged the syllables of my name. Jean d'Albret. Captain Jean d'Albret. Good fathers. Gentlemen. We hear you, my son. Even now, I have no knowledge of where I am. Or to whom I may be speaking. You are speaking to Fra Pedro de Spila, prior of the Dominicans of Segovia, and Grand Inquisitor for all Spain. This, then, is the court of the Inquisition? It is. But I am French. I am a French officer. That is true. A soldier and creature of the arch-fiend, the Antichrist, Napoleon Bonaparte. Weaver now is at the gates of Madrid, while his general, La Salle, menaces our city of Toledo itself. Nonetheless, I am a prisoner of war. By what right do you try me in this court? Let the charges against the prisoner be read. Item, that on the fourth day of September, in the year of our Lord, 1808, the said Captain Jean d'Albray did wed and espouse that most noble lady, the Doña Beatriz Valdez, niece and ward of the illustrious... One moment. Your Excellency. This marriage was a deplorable thing, if you like. But lawful marriage, however regrettable in a case like this, is no sin or crime. There are other matters in the indictment. Then continue. But give us nothing that is not material... Item, that on the 12th of October, 1808, the said Jean d'Albray, being in command of a battery of light artillery, did direct the fire of his guns against the holy church of Santa Marta the Innocent, and thereby, of his wicked malice, destroyed that church utterly. Captain d'Albray, is this charge true? Yes. You admit it? Good father... The church blew up, did it not? Would you boast of your sin, young man? It blew up because it was stored with kegs of gunpowder for your army. I had every right to fire on it. And that is all the defense you have to make? I, I tell you, I had every right to fire on it. By military law. In military law? Above God's law? I don't know. I did my duty. 
Long live the emperor. Captain Dalbray, mark what I say. No man, however great his heresy, is condemned to be burnt in the fire if he first recant and acknowledge the error of his ways. Do you so? I... I cannot. I was under orders. I obeyed them. Then Jean d'Albray, there can be no mercy, no pity, since there is no atonement. The sentence of this court... never heard the sentence. I had swooned in terror. Yet, there are shadows of memory which told me indistinctly of tall figures that lifted me and bore me in silence down, down, still down, until a hideous dizziness oppressed me at that descent into the earth. Then, as consciousness swam back to my wits again, I opened my eyes to see darkness, a damp stone floor, and darkness. Oh, Beatrice. Beatrice, my wife. Did you call me, Jean? Beatrice. You? Here in the dungeons of the Inquisition? No, my poor Jean. I am only here in your imagination. Am I mad, then? No, but your brain is fevered. You only think you hear me. I hear you clearly. You won't leave me. As long as I am in your heart, I cannot leave you. Have they chained you to the wall? No. They've taken away my uniform... They've given me sandals and a robe, rough cloth, but I'm unchained. Can you stand up, Jean? I think so. Yes. Then walk. Walk as far as you can. Measure the limits of the cell. This is not a tomb. I'll try, Beatrice. I'll, I'll try. This... Robe impedes me. The floor is treacherous with slime, but I'll try. Look out. Are you all right? I, I, I've fallen on my face. The robe tripped me, but... What is it? Beatrice. My hand is in front of me, lower than my face, but I feel nothing. It's a pit. A deep, circular pit. And I fell on... on the very edge of it. They would have had you walk into it. Yes. But you didn't. You are saved. Saved, Beatrice. Saved. Saved for what?
At last, a deep sleep fell upon me, a sleep like that of death. How long it lasted, I know not. But when I opened my eyes once again, I could see. Yes, see. My prison was large and lofty, its walls formed of massive iron plates. A wild, sulfurous luster, I could not trace its origin, lit up the dungeon and the circular pit. I could see, but I could not move. I lay on my back on a low framework of wood, securely bound by a long fastening resembling surgical bandage. The bandage passed round and round my body, leaving at liberty only my head and my left arm. With much exertion, I could supply myself with food from an earthen dish on the floor beside me. It was meat, highly seasoned, and there was no water. Beatrice. Beatrice, where are you? I am here, Jean. Your voice sounds stronger. And I can see you. You are weaker, my dear. And more fevered. Look, Beatrice. Where? At the ceiling of this room, 30, 40 feet up. What do you see? I see painted on the ceiling a figure of Father Time. Yes. But this Father Time carries no size. He carries instead what looks like a gigantic pendulum from an ancient clock. And... The pendulum is moving. Painting cannot move. Yet I swear the pendulum did. It swung a little back and forth, just like a real pendulum. Beatrice, take care. Take care of what? Take care of the rats. The rats from the pit. They're, they're swarming out in dozens. I can see their eyes glitter. What do they want? They've caught the scent of the meat in the dish beside you. Oh, but they'll not get it. Now go. Go away, you vermin. Goodbye, Jean. Goodbye. Beatrice, I can hardly hear you. You're sending me away, Jean. I... Sending you away? My poor loved one. You can't bear to see the rats running about my feet, can you? Even when you know I'm not here. Beatrice? It's true, Jean. You're sending me away. Yes, it's true. The cells swarming with vermin. There are others I would rather see here. I would rather see... You call me Captain Delbray. Then in spirit, I am here. Would you were here in the flesh, Fra Antonio? Listen, Captain Delbray. Do you hear anything? Yes, I hear... something. Turn your eyes upwards. Look at the ceiling. The pendulum. Aye, the pendulum. It has descended... Only a foot or so as yet. As you notice, it is not really a pendulum. No? No. Its underside is a crescent formed of razor-sharp steel. Ah. A ponderous weight, Captain Dalbury. Its movement is slow now, but soon it will take on momentum. It will swing wider and wider... And with each broad movement, it will creep a trifle lower. Directly over you. Directly above the region of your heart. How long before? It will not be too soon. But how soon? Who can tell? 
can say how long it was. It might have been many days before that hideous blade swept so closely as to fan me with its acrid breath. Down, still unceasingly, still inevitably down. Sharp steel was within three inches of my chest. And then, only then, Beatrice, Beatrice. I hear you calling, Jean. I am here. Oh, Beatrice. Is there no hope, my dear? How can there be? Ten, twelve more passages, and it will fray the threads of my robe. Only lightly as a razor in a delicate hand. There will be many more sweeps down before it bites deep. I can't escape it. And yet... And yet... If I could only use my wits... You kept me away from you, Jean. You locked me out of your thoughts. If I am here only in your thoughts, why should I fear the rats? The rats? They still swarm here? Across the floor and over the meat platter. They've taken nearly all your food. Yes, they're ravenous. They have sharp teeth. The meat is oily and spiced. If I take what remains of it, scatter you from it. Rub that meat on the bandages that hold me here. Try it, Jim. Try. Oh, it may be too late. If I move my body a fraction of an inch up, Try I... it. I tell you, try. Can I stand those rats crawling across me? Can the flesh bear it? One of them has leaped on the wooden framework. Another follows they're gnawing at the bandage. Seven, eight more sweeps of the pendulum. Does the bandage give way? A little. Lie still, Jean, lie still. Ten dozen rats now. Is death, I wonder, worse than this disgust? A dozen sharp knives could do no better. The bandage is loosened to ribbons. If you move sideways carefully and drop to the floor. Beatrice, I can't move. My arms and legs are numb. There's no power the to... The steel has frayed your robe. A moment more will be too late. Try. Then, with all the strength that is in me and the hatred I bear my enemies... You're free! A second time. Free. See, Jean, the pendulum stops. They're drawing it back up through the ceiling. Each move I make is watched. You never doubted that. No. Yet with all they could do to you, they have failed twice. They will not fail a third time, my dear. Listen, what's that? A groaning. A grinding as a metal. It's only the cogwheels of the pendulum. I think not, Beatrice. Why not? It seems to come from behind these iron-plated walls. It seems to shake the dungeon as a mill wheel might shake it. it... Stand up. Get off your knees. I can't, Beatrice. I, I can't endure anymore. Don't you sense even now the odor of heated iron? Heated iron. The walls are beginning to glow red. Oh, Beatrice. I have been much humbled. But I won't have you see me in tears. Now I order you to go. Jean, in the name of heaven. Yes, in the name of heaven, Go. Suffocating heat pervaded the prison. I could draw no breath of air into my lungs. Against the loom of that fiery destruction, the cool pit beckoned. 
hideous with crawling things. Does the pit please you, Captain Dalbray? You again. Do you find its contents pleasing? No more than your company. And how shall you avoid it? Look. This dungeon has changed its shape. That is true. The walls are closing in. It was formerly a square, and now it is flattening slowly toward the center. To force me into the pit? Of course. It will force you along with me. Again, apparently you must be told, Captain Dalbray, that you are speaking only to your own sick fancy. I am not here at all. And now, flatter and flatter grew the red-hot walls. I shrank back, but the closing walls pressed me relentlessly onward toward the loathsome pit. At length, for my seared and writhing body, there was no longer an inch of foothold. I screamed once. I tottered on the edge of the pit. I averted my eyes. Then, then, there was a discordant hum of human voices. There was a loud blast as of many trumpets. The fiery walls rushed back. An outstretched arm caught my own as I fell fainting into the abyss. The outstretched arm of General LaSalle. French army had entered Toledo. The Spanish Inquisition was in the hands of its enemy. powerful is that force within us we call conscience. Where does imagination end and fear begin? And where does the combination of all three completely destroy all reason? And now, The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock in the evening. House is quiet. Deathly quiet. My uncle and I have just finished our meager repast in the dining room. Listen. Yes, that's my uncle walking up and down overhead, pacing the floor. He senses it too, my nervousness. Every night after dinner, he leaves the dining room and goes upstairs to the second floor where he paces up and down. And suddenly, his heart begins to beat louder and louder. You can't hear it, but I can. My nervousness has sharpened my senses. Yes, I can hear things no one else can hear. Come. 
found my senses. The footsteps. They've stopped. Now he'll walk down the circular stairway and join me here in the parlor. And I'll have to look at him. Watch him. That eye. I have nothing against him. But his eye. That huge, distorted eye. If the eye offends thee, pluck it out. Pluck it out. Tortures me at night. I lie in bed and shut my eyes. But that horrible thing peers at me, embedded in my senses. That eye glistens and shimmers. It haunts me. Kill. 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 I have nothing against him. My uncle. My only relative. The eye. Pluck out the eye. The eye. The eye. Coming, yes, now down the stairs, sniffing as he blinks. The swollen lid covers that eye. Uncle, is that you? Is it me? Of course it is. Who else would it be, Charles? I... I don't know. Ah, now for a nice hour of relaxation. Will you join me in a cigar, Charles? Here, take this one of mine. Thank you, Uncle. Sit down here. I prefer sitting back here, Uncle. Oh, nonsense. I can't see you over there, and you can't see me. Come. Come sit over here. I'd much prefer to stay here. Do you dislike my company after all these years, Charles? No, Uncle. All right. I'll join you. But... Why are you staring at me like that? The eye. Look at the eye. Staring at you. Red and swollen hideous. A pale blue film covers it. Kill. Charles. Yes, Uncle. Come, light up your cigar. Here's a light. Now, that's better, my boy. These cigars have rich, fragrant aroma. A very rich, fragrant aroma. It lulls a man's nerves into a peaceful state. And leaves the mind free for contemplation, doesn't it? Kill. Yes, Uncle. Kill. Nothing like the hours spent meditatively. Oh, blasted visitors. You answered the bell, child. Yes, Uncle. I dislike being interrupted like this. It's bad for my digestion. People should know that. Good evening, Mr. Holscomb. Well, good evening, Charles. I hope you and your uncle don't mind a nice neighborly visit. I'm sure we don't, Mr. Holscomb. I'm glad. I was all alone this evening and felt the need of a nice, friendly chat, so I dropped over. Uh, good evening, Mr. Woodward. Good evening, Mr. Holscomb. How are you this evening? Feeling surprisingly fit. man of my age has no right feeling so healthy. Bad for the doctor's income, but I feel like a man of 20. Just as fit physically and mentally as Charles here. Thank you, Mr. Holt. Uh, you, uh, uh, well, won't you join us for a little while, Mr. Holt? We'd love to. Yes, indeed. I'd enjoy it. Can't be for long. I, I'm retiring early, but a short visit would be appreciated. Thank you, Mr. Woodward. Uh, mind if I light up my pipe? No, not at all, Mr. Holscomb. Uh, Charles, get him an ashtray before he scatters the ashes all over the carpet. You know? Yes, Uncle. Here you are, Mr. Holscomb. Thank you, Charles. 
Well, 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 what's this? Now, as any idiot can plainly see, it's a knife. Yes, a knife, Mr. Woodward. It's a strange-looking knife. Yeah, it belonged to our ancestors. Hmm. Charles, what's it doing down here off the hook on the wall? I, uh, I took it down from the wall to clean it, Uncle. Clean it? Well, old knives are supposed to look old. Clean it. Clean it? Uh, I'll put it back. Well, be careful, Charles, my boy. I knew of a young man exactly your age who took a family heirloom down to the wall one night and, and well, blasted if it didn't slip and cut off his right arm. <laughs> yes, took the arm clean off right to the elbow. He was a mechanic by profession, and it, well, it ruined his career. Be careful, be careful, Charles, in putting the knife back. You'd better stand on a chair, Charles. It's it's much wiser to take an ounce of prevention. Yes, your uncle's right. How's that, Uncle? Well, it's 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 not hanging straight. I like things to hang straight. It annoys me to have something crooked on the wall. Yes, it means a death in the family. <laughs> One of the pictures in my house was crooked on the wall the night of my wife's death. Now, I'm not a superstitious man, mind you, but I... Yeah, yeah, that does it, Charles. All right. Now, put the chair back where you got it. I'm not a superstitious man, mind you, but I was confounded when she died. Confounded, I tell you. Yes, I imagine that you were confounded. Uh, Of course, that coincidence really doesn't compare with an event which occurred to a friend of mine. His name was... um, Very common name. What was it? Uh, Smith. Peter Smith. Yeah, what about Peter Smith? He had a picture on the wall in his home. Well, this picture sidled over on its wire, refusing to stay upright. The picture refused? I swear it's true, Mr. Woodward. Well, I was there, if you don't believe me. Do you know what happened? No, I do not know what happened. Peter Smith died that very night. All right. What time is it, Charles? Almost nine o'clock, Uncle. Three more hours. Three more hours. If thine eye offends thee, pluck it out. It's nine o'clock. It's almost my bedtime, Mr. Holskill. Oh, don't mind me, Mr. Woodward. I was about to leave anyway. <laughs> I see. Look at the knife hanging on the wall. It slipped sideways again. So it has. Anxious. Anxious, Charles. The knife is anxious. Reminds me of Peter Smith's picture. Hmm. Well, I I must be on my way. Uh, Don't bother to see me to the door, Charles. I'll find my way out. Uh, Good evening, Mr. Woodward. Uh, Good evening, Mr. Holscombe. Come, confounded. That that man makes me nervous, Charles, with his stupid stories of Smith. Uh, Fix that knife, Charles. Of course, Uncle. I'll fix it right away. I'm tired. I'll go on up to bed now. I'll help you up the stairs, Uncle. Help me? <laughs> Since when do I need help? Well, maybe I do, Dad. Anything else you want of me besides opening this window, Uncle? No, nothing, Charles. I'd better take this chair out of your way. Oh, the chair isn't in my way. In case you should awake during the night and want to get out of bed. You don't want to stumble over chairs on your way to the door. Well, I, I never awake during the night, Charles. But you might. Or we might. Yes, we might. We might creep in here. I might, yes, I might. Oh, I might do anything, my boy. I also might not. 
Now take the candle with you before you leave, child. Of course, Uncle. I hadn't intended to leave it burning. Of course. We'll take it with us. Of course. Of course. Good night. Good night. 9.30. I must be clever. I must think everything out very carefully. Yes, carefully. Must wait till midnight. Yes, till midnight. Why must I wait till midnight? Why? That's the plan. The clever plan. Clever, clever. Walk down the stairs and wait in the parlor. The room will be dark. And I'll wait. I'll wait. He'll be asleep at midnight. Clever, clever. Then at midnight, I'll creep up the stairs with a knife. And if the eye offends me, pluck it out. It must have meant me. Of course, it's all so clear. Clear, clear and clever. First thing to do is get the knife. Go into the parlor... Stand on the chair and get the knife. Be careful, Charles. Careful, careful, careful with the chair. You pull up the chair and stand on it, but be careful. I'm always careful. Now I've the knife. What do I do next? What is the plan? Sit and wait. Sit and wait. <laughs> the doorbell. Who could it be at this hour? This isn't part of my plan. No, not part of my plan. Get rid of them, whoever they are. Get rid of them. Oh, Mr. Holscomb. Sorry to disturb you, Charles, but I left my pipe here. I, I looked all over my house for the blasted thing before I remembered I'd left it here. Well, it, it must be in the parlor. Uh, don't bother yourself. I'll get it. It's no bother. Why, you're trembling, Charlie. Did I frighten you when I rang the bell? Well, I... I wasn't expecting you. No, not expecting you. Expecting you. I read of a man in the paper who died of fright when his doorbell rang. But just the other day I read it. Very amusing article, too. But, oh, here's the pipe. Imagine my leaving it behind. Yes, imagine it. Thanks again, Char. What's this knife doing down here again? Uh, it slipped. Slipped again, did it? Well, well, well. Just like the picture at Peter Smith's. If... Let me know if anything happened. Of course. Of course. Of course. Good night, Charles. Good night, Mr. Holscomb. Now, the plan. The plan to wait. Wait. Wait for midnight. For midnight. Yes, for midnight. Our story continues after this brief pause. And now, back to today's short story. Don't forget the plan, Charles. Strike with the clock at midnight. Midnight. How slow time flows when we wait for midnight. Yes, slowly. So very slowly. Does Holscomb suspect Charles? He knows that the knife had been moved. Does he know it's in your hand now, Charles? Snugly in your hand. The plan calls for the knife to be in my hand. Charles, your palm 
Down more. Maybe the knife will slip, Charles. It's almost midnight. Yes, Charles. Fifteen seconds. Maybe the knife will slip, Charles. It can't slip. It belongs in my hand. Where is the lantern, Charles? You've got to see, you know. I have it. It's ready. Listen, Charles. Listen. Midnight. Twelve midnight. The time has come. Yes, the time has come. Now for the lantern. Light it. Light it. Shut the door of the lantern. No light can escape. None. None. The lantern in one hand. The knife in the other. The knife. The knife. Listen. The house is so quiet. Yes, deathly quiet. I must walk quietly. Listen. Listen. My senses sharpen. Every second makes them sharper. I can hear the rhythmic beating of the old man's heart. The beating of his heart. Beating out his last breath. His last breath. His last breath. Do you know... Death is outside your door, Uncle. Death is waiting, Uncle. Waiting. The door of your room opens gently, Uncle. Very gently, Uncle. Careful, the plant. Careful, careful. Listen. Listen. The heart. The beating of the old man's heart. Who's there? Stand still, Charles. Stand still and wait. Just wait. Wait until his gleaming eyes focused on your face. Who's in my room? Who is it? Where's my candle? Don't answer, Charles. Don't answer. Just wait. Wait. Charles! Charles! He's calling for you. Little does he know. Charles! Calling for you. Calling for you. Oh, oh, someone's in my room. I can see the shadow across my bed. Who who is it? Let him guess and worry. 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 The room is hot. Hot in heaven's name. Answer me. Don't move a muscle. Just stand still and wait. 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 Oh, what is it? Who is it? Where is Charles? (laughs) Listen to his heart. His heart. Listen to his heart. Now it's panic. Later, it will be the forewarning of death. Oh, somebody help me. Now raise the lantern. Slowly, Charles. That's it. That's it. Focus it where the eyes should be. Then slowly open the door of the lantern and let the light shine in that eye. Ah! If the eye offends thee, pluck it out. The eye! The eye! No, no, not the knife, not the knife. <laughs> Listen to the heart beat its last beats. It's dead. It's dead. And I'm free of that horror. Free of the eye. Of the scorpion eye. 
Inspector Gelby, and thought I'd tell you about it. Yes, a very strange story, Mr. Holscomb. You say this old man, Mr. Woodward, has never left town for the baths before? Not for the last 20 years, sir. I've been their neighbor for longer than that, really. Mm. And the nephew, Charles Woodward. Uh, how did he seem this morning? Very much the same as usual. Perhaps a trifle more chipper. Said he was looking forward to joining his uncle at the baths tomorrow. And you're positive this scream you heard last night came from the direction of the Woodward house? Absolutely. I was standing at my window at the time, looking out. It must have been a little past midnight. Suddenly, I saw a gleam of light from Mr. Woodward's bedroom, and then the scream. Scream last long? No, but I'm positive no unimportant explanation is behind the scream. It sounds fishy enough, Mr. Holscomb. Certainly no harm in investigating it. The boy is innocent. He'll be glad enough to allow us to search his uncle's bedroom. If he's guilty, well, we'll know in good time. Yes, in very good time. Mind if I go with you? Not at all, not at all. I'd like to have you along, Holscomb. You're always welcome. This isn't a case of idle curiosity, Inspector. It's just that I enjoy collecting these little tales of death and murder. I've made it a life hobby, and I hate to miss an opportunity. Yes, I hate to miss an opportunity. Search the house, Inspector, if you don't believe me. My uncle's room is right at the top of these stairs. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. My uncle will be very amused by all this when I tell him. Oh, it's not that either I nor Mr. Holscomb suspect anything, you know. No, no, certainly not, Charlie, my boy. Of course not. Yep, this is my uncle's room, as you no doubt know, Mr. Holscomb. Yes, of course it is. Search to your heart's content. Mm, room's in perfect order. If I murdered my uncle mysteriously, there ought to be at least one blood stain on the bedclothes or... 
or on the floor. Mind if I undo the bed to look at the sheets? Not at all, Inspector. Careful. You are clever, clever, but be careful. The bed sheets are used, but there's certainly no sign of violence here. Naturally, Inspector. And the floors. Hmm, spotless. Your uncle must be a very neat man. Exceedingly neat. Isn't he, Mr. Holscomb? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm sorry we bothered you like this, sir. But you know it's better to be on the safe side. Well, I I understand perfectly, Inspector. I'm sorry, Charles. Perfectly all right, Mr. Holscomb. I would have done the same thing in your shoes. Uh, Won't you gentlemen join me in the parlor for a cup of tea before you leave? Well, now, we'd be too much trouble. No trouble at all, I guarantee you. No trouble at all. Here, I'd better close the door to Uncle's room before dust blows through from the hallway. You know my uncle's fetish. Ah, I'll join you gentlemen in the parlor shortly, after I fetch the tea. <laughs> A very amusing story. A very amusing story, Mr. Holtz. I always thought so, Inspector Gilby. You collect stories of crime, don't you, Mr. Holtz? Yes, indeed. I found some prize ones in my day. Yes, I, I imagine you have. He'd enjoy your story, Charles. Yes, he'd enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, pass the sugar, Inspector, please. Huh? Oh, yes. Here you are. Listen, Charles. What is it? Listen. Listen. What'd you say, Charles? Nothing. I have a very amusing story about a woman in India. I read it in the paper the other morning just as I was eating some very fine orange marmalade. Listen. Listen. It's the heart, Charles. The old man's heart. The heart. The heart. You can hear it. No. Oh, it can't be. What can't be? Oh, he denies the truth of my story even before I tell it. Uh, what about the woman in India? Can it be? Can it be the beating of the old man's heart? Well, she murdered a rich uncle of hers. Can a man I murdered return to life? It's getting louder and louder. Louder and louder. Why did she murder him? No known motive. They're playing with me. They're both watching me. Watching me. Watching you. Watching you. How did she murder him? Cut him in little pieces and hid him under the flooring in her bedroom. Under the flooring? Under the flooring. Making a mockery of a a living horror. They know, Charles. They know. They know, Charles. They know. What's the matter, Charles? He looks ill. Ill? Ill. Make it stop. Make it stop. They're playing with you. Playing with you. No. Watch him, Inspector. He's, He's fools. Don't play with me like this. You can hear it. I can see it in your faces. In your evil, grinning faces. You can hear it. The heart. The telltale heart. Return from death. Admit you can hear it. It's becoming louder and louder. Louder and louder. 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 Stop it. Stop it. I admit the deed. I admit I murdered my uncle last night. Only for the love of God. Make his hideous heart stop beating, you murdered Yes, yes, I murdered him. Tear up the plank underneath his chair. Rescue the body. But stop the beating of the telltale heart. Telltale heart. Telltale heart. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website 
at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.